Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome and thanks for listening. This segment of the show is brought to you by J.K. Murphy Advisors and features Greg DeSimone, who is joining us from Focal Point Business Coaching in Mansfield, Massachusetts. And Greg, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Bill. It's a pleasure. And we're going to talk about, uh, uh, the title is Strategy Simplified, which intrigues me. And, and we all like simple simple strategies. So we're going to talk about that in a second. But Greg, before we get into that, we always like to start by getting to know a little bit about our guests. Can you share a little bit about your background with us? Sure. Uh, I am a recovering CPA. <laughs> I uh, started my career at a big four accounting firm. Uh, it was big four the year I started, before, the year before is big six. Um, I thought it was a final was four. Primarily in the audit and management functional side. Uh, moved into corporate accounting and finance and spent most of my career uh, running finance departments for VC-backed firms and public accounting firms. Uh, until Sarbanes-Oxley came around, it was a really exciting uh, and fun job to have. I was, I was an internal business partner with the, uh, each of the organizations I was with, helping them implement plans, grow their plans, diligence, acquisition, integration. Uh, but Sarbanes-Oxley turned my role primarily into a more into a, compliant, a compliance role versus a business partner role or a, a value-added partner role. And uh, at that point, I decided to um, to go off on my own. Uh, of course, I did it during the uh, world's worst time, during the uh, recession of 2008 and nine. But uh, I did it, and I started this practice. And what, what, I, what I've done is build a coaching practice, leveraging all the skills that I used during my, my corporate financial background and brought that to small businesses uh, and applied other managerial um, concepts to help them grow their business and to start to think strategically and, and get off the treadmill. Now, when you say start to think strategically, um, how, do you, how do you help businesses to start to think strategically and, and what kind of strategies do you deal with? Really, I, when I talk, I talk about simplifying it, is everybody that I deal with is as has been reasonably success, reasonably successful in their careers. Uh, they basically, it's a family, they typically family-run businesses. They found some kind of niche in the marketplace that they were able to exploit and and to grow a business out of. Uh, but they basically built it. Uh, they basically were in technician mode, and they they basically leveraged all of their skills to get to a certain point. And it may be the million-dollar mark in revenue. It might be five million. It might be a little bit higher than that. But at some point, they grow to a point where they can't grow, go any further, and they they have to get out of tech, uh, technician mode. And they can't just put effort into it. They can't just put more time into it because they've run out of that. What I do is step back and say, okay, let's look at all your different options. Let's look at your priorities, and then systematically assign what the value of each of those priorities are and determine which ones should be should go first, which ones should go second, which ones should be shelved because they're just not going to create enough of a return over time. So um, business owners that start, a lot of business owners start as a result of being a technician, like, like you say, and then they get to a point where there's this big wall in front of them. They can't get over that wall. So you mm -hmm. come in and say, well, 
we're going to need either a ladder, a shovel, or a stick of dynamite, but we're going to break through this wall. And uh, sometimes it's organic growth, but a lot of times it's it's uh, maybe uh, buying small competitors or, or rolling up other companies or things like that. So what you do, sounds like, is you, you, you help them get through that wall. Exactly. And you, the analogy used with all the different tools is, is exactly what I do. It's not the same tool for each person because they, they have different skill sets. They have different desires. Uh, some people want to keep growing and, and become uh, an industry leader. Some just know that there's more opportunity. They Instead of being able to pocket net 250000 at the end of the year, they should be, they should be netting 400000 600000 But they don't need to be an industry leader. They just, just don't want to leave money on the table that they know they could get if they just streamlined their operations or, or acted more strategically and more productively. And your background sounds like it's really prepared you well for being able to be a great resource to business owners. There's a lot of ways that businesses can grow these days, aren't there? I mean, the technology's brought a lot of different new uh, ways to get financing and things. So uh, how do you keep up with everything? Uh, one is I, I, uh, I'm a lifelong learner. I, um, I, just, I just enjoy uh, professional development and personal development. I also... The reason I do what I do is I really, I believe in business. I believe in the value that it brings to the community. Uh, I, I, I don't um, believe running a business and being a business owner or making a profit is a bad thing. I, I see the value that, that business leaders and, and great businesses bring to the, to the community. I also just enjoy figuring out why certain businesses succeed and others don't and why uh, – People, how people find these simple ideas. Uh, like I have, I have a friend of mine, or te- actually one of my daughter's teachers, her husband um, started a broom company, and I was intrigued by this, and uh, which basically was street sweeper brooms. Yes. And uh, I, I started talking to him more and more as I was volunteering with my daughter's class, and uh, I learned that this guy has about a $15 million business and nets about a million and a half to a million eight per year, and I was just astounded by there's people out there killing themselves trying to find the next great technology idea or working for these big high-tech companies trying to get load up on, on options trying to work for the next Google and uh, here's a guy that says hey there's a uh, those things that are on the street sweepers someone's got to make them why don't I make them and he's turned it into a 15 million dollar business and that's about a million five, five year and I just find those kind of stories fascinating and I'm I'm always looking to to talk to people like that and figure out what they do and how they do that and using just those those conversations those experiences helps me um, add more and more resources to my to my uh, toolbox because there's lots of different ways companies find those niches I love that story you know that I'm the same as you I find it fascinating after talking with hundreds and hundreds of business owners how many um, how many kind of very basic business models there are out there that work real well it doesn't have to be sexy it doesn't have to be the next great technology breakthrough uh, pushing a, uh, building a broom that somebody can push is <laughs> will get the job done it's fascinating yeah and so when when you approach situations of course when you're working with businesses that are starting by technicians a lot of them really aren't uh, big thinkers when it comes to strategic planning so sometimes it, it, what can appear probably very simple to you might be a real aha moment for that business owner right yes it, it's uh it's a good it's a big ego boost at times because uh i haven't gone through this thing these these procedures and these practices um many times in my career both in my corporate life and now in my my uh 
business well, my business coaching life uh it is it is uh fun sometimes where I think something second it's second nature it's easy and I keep forgetting that uh common sense isn't always common because people are too busy trying to get things done to step back and just logically look at what's the right thing to do what's the next what's the easiest thing to do that will get to, that will solve this problem versus just um right. waking up and doing their job and working hard and and uh uh so it is fun fun when I'm able to, to walk through logically and use common sense and and occasionally get a get the pat in the back saying wow you're a genius when I, when it really isn't that it's just a matter of I've been exposed to it because I I I talk to a lot of people um but it, it is an ego boost when you when you hear that every so often well it's it's your toolbox and your your toolkit I I keep myself in check by realizing that if I tried to do what that business owner was doing I'd probably mess it up in a hurry so everybody, that, you know what, that's exactly. I use that analogy all the time. I said, uh, I, I look at it as um, looking at it like a golf pro. I use the golf pro analogy a couple times. I said, when I when I drive by, uh, walk by the driving range with the um, with the uh, golf pro up there, and I, I look who's taking lessons and who's practicing, and it's always the really good golfer who's at 75 and wants to get to par. The guy that's at 82, 83 and wants to start to break 80. Those are the people that hire the, the golf pro, and those are the guys that are putting all the extra practice in. And, and the other thing I notice is that the kids that come through here, they're going to college, and they're using the pro even more than those guys trying to become scratch. And it's interesting, the golf pro is a little bit older now. He's in his 60s. He can't beat most of these guys that are shooting scratch or these college kids. But he, without a doubt, can help them get better because he can see things that they can't see. He can get inside their head. He can give them a different perspective to say, hey, this is what you're supposed to be doing. You may know you're supposed to do, be doing this, but that's not what's coming across. That's not what you're actually executing. And that's kind of what I do with business owners. I don't have to be uh, smarter than them in all aspects of business. I just got to be able to help them think about their business differently, find their blind spots, and give them a different perspective so they're not falling into a trap of just in a, into into a trap of just falling into a, a, a habit or routine and missing uh, great opportunities that they have. I think that's a great analogy and a great explanation about the importance of business coaching. And Greg, we're going to take a short break, and then when we come back, sure. we're going to ask you to share a couple stories and some tips, ideas, and precautions our listeners can use. So we'll be right back. Business succession and exit planning is hard, and everyone says you should start early. But where can you hear a lot of ideas from a lot of professionals so you can decide what's best for you? At ExitCoachRadio.com, we're interviewing over 150 advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions. We upload new one-minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Hey everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach. Hey, we all know we've been talking about how important it is to increase your sales, decrease your time issues, get more operational time, and increase your personal time. It's all about time. It's all about your team, your money, and your exit strategy. You need to work smarter, not just harder. At Focal Point Business Coaching, they take pride in being highly trained professional business consultants and mentors. They'll work with you to get coached on how to work smarter, not harder. For more information, call Greg D. Simone at 508-618-4575. Again, that's 508-618-4575. Call today.
Welcome back, friends. Just a reminder that we've interviewed dozens of advisors on a wide variety of topics, and you'll find all of their interviews and highlights online at exacoachradio.com or on iTunes at itunes.exacoachradio.com. I'm talking with Greg Simone, and we're having, a, I think, a very good discussion about the importance of business coaching and the fact that the business coach isn't always going to be a, uh, a person who can do what you do, but they can see what you do, and they can help you do it better, and they've been there before. So, Greg, let's talk about some of the success stories that you've had. Um, tell us a client story about someone that you uh, worked with recently, and, and what was their situation before you came along, and how did you help? Sure. Um, one of my favorite ones is, is, a, is about a little over a year and a half, two years ago, it was a, a manufacturing company making um, fishing tackle, specialty fish, fishing tackle. Within the uh, fishing market, uh, fish, uh, fisherman market, they uh, or angler market, they they had a very good reputation, but they weren't growing. The owner um, had a business background, banking background, but when he's now in the business, kind of got stuck in the in the details and got stuck in the, the the every part of the operation, and really couldn't figure out how to grow this business to get a return on his initial um, investment. And uh, as we started going through it, I just asked a bunch of questions and asked him who was his key markets, who was his target market, how did he differentiate himself in within those markets, and I got a bunch of answers. And then as we pulled out his his, um, his financials, we start. I asked him to go kind of go through an eighty twenty analysis or a prayers principle review, and to figure out where 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 was it true that twenty percent of his business was creating eighty percent of his value, and actually it was the case. But when we looked at who he said his key his key customers were, and all and his key demographic, they were all on the bottom of his list. If I added up all of his his ideal customers as he described them to me, they basically accounted for seven to eight percent of his business. But he had five or six clients that were more, uh, and they were all like fishing tackle, uh, small fishing tackle companies that were really talking to the to the fishermen themselves. But his real money was coming through distributor networks and distributor relationships and really um, having a, a cut-down, uh, scaled-back um, product offering. So we went through and, and looked at how to readjust his focus on how to d- develop distributor networks and distributor relationships to get a bigger presence and bigger sales presence for his, for his business. One of the things that, that was holding him back was that he had over 250 SKUs, and a lot of them were the same type of um, a lure, but uh, just three or four different sizes. And he was also selling components. So as we went through the same, we went through the same analysis. What's the 80/20 analysis? 80/20 analysis. Where was what SKUs are driving all the revenue? Was there a way to consolidate different SKUs? And by doing that, we actually cut his SKUs in half, and uh, we were able to even create everything where he wasn't having to pick and pack, and he wasn't having to sell components. He was selling only full packages, full boxes. And uh, by doing that, it allowed him to get out of the operational review because it was a more systematic process. It allowed him to get out of the distribution and, and packaging part of it because it was all full boxes now being shipped and allowed him to focus solely on developing distributor networks. Um, it got to the point where he, he, he really was so frustrated he wanted to sell the business, but by implementing all these um, these aspects, we actually uh, he actually grew his business. Well, I was working with him about 30%, 40%. I think since I've left... Since I've stopped working with him, I believe he's still growing another 30 or 40%. And he's working now only 32 hours a week, and he's actually uh, doing speaking, teaching other uh, other um, 
manufacturers how to streamline their process and how to how to get out of their own way. Uh, so that's one of my my favorite um, stories. This is because it was really max, matching what he thought was his 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 key deliverable, his key differentiator, and see if that really was what was translating in his financials, and it wasn't. We create, we found a mismatch, and we were able to realign his efforts to where the value in his P and L was. What a great story! So you took uh, a lot of assumptions and turned turned them into realities, which is what a lot of this planning is all about. And in the process, you created a simpler business model that was more profitable, and probably gave him back a lot of extra time to work on other ways to grow based on this, those ne- those new facts. Yes, that's fantastic. I mean, that yeah. that's what it's all about, right? When you can come into a situation and say. I know you're busy, you've got a lot going on, but let's really analyze it and turn these assumptions into facts and then look at and see, can we simplify? And, and um, that's how you grow. So, so that's a great example. So yeah, that that's always it's a key with almost any client. All there's a variation of that with all my clients is, like you said, test the assumptions. Like a lot of people go with their gut or they fall into habits, and a habit is just something that helps you create a shortcut to be more efficient. But what people don't understand is that when you create that initial habit, it was to solve a certain problem, and over time, facts and circumstances change, and maybe not enough that you will want you to totally reevaluate your thought process, but over time, those small little changes can invalidate your initial assumptions, your initial habits, and it's a good practice to really stress test those to make sure that your activity and your, your beliefs are aligned with what's actually creating value. A great point, Greg. We're learning a ton from you. Can you share a few tips, ideas, or precautions with our listeners today? Sure. One of the things I, uh, there's a few things I work with clients consistently. The need to really step back at least once a year and clarify your business mission, your vision, the goals of where you're trying to go, and systematically and periodically assessing your progress against that each whether it's at least biannually, but I, I like to do at least quarterly. And the reason I think that's important is it gets you off of, gets you out of technician mode and actually forces you to look at your assumptions. It forces you to determine what's important to you. And that's, and, and re, where that really manifests itself is when you've got multiple competing priorities, you can always, you can leverage back, you can leverage that planning time say, okay, here are my two priorities. Which one is most aligned with my uh, my planning process? Which one's tied to my vision? Which one's tied to my core mission and my value prop? Which one's tied to my my core values that I personally want that people to see out of my company? And it helps to break a lot of ties, or it helps decide. Okay, I only have ten thousand dollars to spend, and I have twenty thousand dollars worth of ideas. That planning process a lot helps break those ties. Helps you benchmark those decisions. And that's where a lot of people get struggle. They they don't go through this process, so every decision seems important. But if you have nothing to benchmark it against, uh, it, it's hard to uh, to make those right decisions. So you're talking about creating a process whereby you you're kind of using both sides of your brain, not just your emotional side, to jump right to a a solution. But you really think through and make sure that you're aligned with your values, your mission, your customers' values and needs, and then you get to tasks and and the and make your decisions, right? Exactly, and that way when you get to the middle of the year and you've got three or four new opportunities or three or four things on your plate, and you're like, all right, I don't have enough time to do all this. Well, you can evaluate which one's going to create the biggest return. But another way is 
which one's going to help me achieve this goal? Which one's going to help me fulfill this, this mission? Which one's going to solve this client niche? If you've gone through that planning process already, you're just applying that, you're speeding up this decision-making process because you've already done that work. You just got to match up the opportunity to which one aligns to that, to that, to your mission and your goals. Well, Greg, I've never said this before, but after listening to you, I'm glad that Sarbanes-Oxley came along because I think the world is a better place with you in the in the business coaching world. You you bring a lot to the table, and thanks very much for uh, sharing it with our listeners today. And I hope we can talk again sometime soon and go deeper into some of these things because I got a lot out of your your discussion, your interview. So thanks for joining us today. How do people get in touch with you? I guess I should end with that. How, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you, Greg? Uh. You can go to gregdesimone.com. It's G-R-E-G-D-E-S-I-M-O-N-E.com. And there's a contact me um, tab. Just put in your information. That will come right to me. Or you can call me directly at 508-618-4575. And you have a uh, strategic planning review that people can take advantage of if they go to that site and maybe get a questionnaire in advance so that so that it's a, it's a good use of everybody's time, right? If, yeah, if you – I – do uh, a one-hour strategic planning review with anyone who's interested. Uh, you do need to fill out a questionnaire so that we don't waste time. That we're we're focused on on um, key elements of the plan. Uh, but I, that's part of uh, my process is um, is to go through with everyone a, a free a free consultation. And to it, it uh, it's, uh, serves my curiosity. I, I love figuring out what people are doing, and that's my way to to get in front of more business owners and figure out what people are doing and what's working and not. Well, I I think. Uh... Our uh, our listeners got a ton of information, and they should definitely take advantage of that, uh, just to get to know you a little bit better and uh, and take their problems and solutions and figure out whether it's going to be a ladder, a stick of dynamite, or a shovel <laughs> to get through these issues. Greg, thanks very much again for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. I've been talking with Greg DeSimone of Focal Point Business Coaching. We're going to take a short break, so please stay tuned. You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com, the information station for age 50-plus business owners, where we're interviewing over 250 top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new one-minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio.